Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, where the show where we watch, review, and discuss... And sometimes argue about. And sometimes we argue about every horror movie on Netflix. Every goddamn one of them. Back again, as always, I'm Chris, here with Patrick. Hi. And Steven. Hello. And it's a beautiful day today, in my opinion. Patrick and I may disagree, but the... Overcast, kind of gloomy. A little gloomy, but the temperature outside is perfect. We got the door open. You may hear some birds chirping. It's We got a little break from the heat, and I'm loving it. I hope, like, this isn't, like, hereditary and a bird just fucking smacks into the window and or there's a, a trail of blood. a dark song. Or a dark song. Yeah. yeah it's it, a trope. It could happen. The bird flying in the window is a trope. Uh, if it hits the screen, we're all fucked, because it's going to go right through. Today's weather, cloudy with a 100% chance of tropes. <laughs> sure. Not so, meatballs? No. <laughs> so we're back again, and this week we're discussing Bleed. Bateed. We call it Bateed a little, because uh, the L looks like an upside-down cross it's on the title. Stylized. And you know oh, what? that was intentional when you sent me that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought it was a typo. Oh, yeah, when I texted you and I said Batide, no, I was referring to the fact that the L in the logo for the movie is an upside-down cross, so it basically looks like it says Batide. And I was kind of, like, ribbing you and trying to turn it into an acronym, but I only got through the B and the T, and then you were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. And I was like, read back, and now I get it. Yeah, okay. you were like, read back a little bit, and I was like, man, Steve's being a big douchebag. I'm not going to <laughs> I wasn't respond. Try- I wasn't trying to be. <laughs> well, look okay. at this. We've already patched up a minor disagreement in the first, like, two minutes of the show sometimes we're gonna set some more up. sometimes we argue about the movies but sometimes we make up because we disagreements love each other. are resolved yeah yeah what a beautiful thing well yeah. i hope we find more common ground on this movie i have a feeling we will yeah mm-hmm. um but it's, it's you know, a unifying movie something that noticed me as i was searching for this movie and trying to figure out if it was an l or a t is that netflix despite having probably 500 million billion dollars in algorithms sending us our recommendations, it hasn't caught on to the fact that we're watching every movie on Netflix, every horror movie on Netflix in alphabetical order. You know? Wait, how do you mean? I mean, it shows me, oh, because you watched Be Afraid and Be Deviled, you might like, and, oh, you know... you want it to queue up Blood Glacier it, I it to for queue you. Up, it should catch oh, on by yeah, now that we're true. going yeah, in systematic yeah. order. Yeah, I should have figured that out. But actually, it's we're probably throwing it off because we're doing these wheel of death movies. So the AI is like, okay, alphabetical order, alphabetical order, saw alphabetical order, alphabetical <laughs> order. Don't kill it. Yeah. And really this is 90% of more than 90% of what I watch on Netflix. Oh, same. Days. It's literally, except for glow. It is all I watch is these fucking movies. Yeah. Mm. It should know, but glow Luke cage nailed no. it. The most important sh- show on American television right now, just in case anybody was wondering. And also parts unknown. Luke cage and these movies, Luke cage. I thought that one got questionable reviews. Oh, no. The new season got rave reviews, oh. and it's awesome, too. It's probably the best of the Marvel Netflix shows so far. Wow. I will say it's Netflix killer. got something right. Uh, you might remember, I uh, we have a we usually have like a group email after every episode where we try and set up the time to do this, and I sent a picture of uh, the poster image for Boothnoth after we had done 1920 London. It recommended oh, yeah. that, and then we yep. finally did get to it in the alphabet. Yep. So. Yeah. It's always good when you see him coming down the tracks, and then the train hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Which brings us to Bleed. I, I don't know where to begin. Bleed, it's a, it's a low-budget movie, I'll say, as most of them are. This one feels a little bit lower budget than most, because there's like two locations in it. <laughs> and it's about, I guess it's about a pregnant woman and her husband, and they have some friends over to like give them a little like housewarming party, and then... They've moved to a, a small rural town for reasons unknown. Yeah, backwoods town. You know, I think uh, her husband, who's a doctor, got a new job. You know, that's that's a common trope we see in some of these other There's movies. There's always doctors getting jobs yeah. in a new town. Yep. He, so. I know he wanted a lower caseload. Like something, they don't really explain, but it sounds like he was getting kind of burned out and they wanted like to slow things down so they can raise this child properly, I yep. guess. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the low budgetness of it, actually brings it brings us right back to the literal beginning of the movie because we start with a prologue that's set in 1979 in the same town that like presumes to set up so, sort of the circumstances and some of the the goings on behind this movie. Um, I was struck in this first scene, which takes place in this creepy general store, and and actually the the way they portrayed the town, I actually felt was fairly authentic. I felt like I was in a real place that was plausibly enough 1979 it's felt like you know a little one stoplight town and there's this weird interaction going on between these two men in the general store and a girl walks in and I, my attention was immediately drawn to the fact that she buys gumballs out of like a little basket of gumballs right. on the counter like just open they're, they're not covered she sticks her hand and pulls out gumballs and drops five of them on the counter that was weird enough. I, my, I had it, the thought that, like, could they not afford a gumball machine <laughs> as a prop for this? Yes. <laughs> but then it also drew my attention to the fact that there's nothing on the shelves in this general store other than gumballs. This well, shop exists to sell gumballs out of a little basket. I thought it was a bar. So here's a little bit of trivia. That sells gumballs. Chris, you may have, if we did read the same interview, then you'll know this. That apparently was, so they shot this movie, like, right next door to where Walking Dead was shooting. And apparently this set was used, this building was used as a bar for a pivotal scene in one of the early seasons. Oh, I could see that. Oh. So. Yeah. I thought the, I had no problems with the opening of this movie. I was like, oh, that's interesting. This looks like it's setting something up. Well, I mean, the little girl has a mark on her arm and the, as she goes to pay for the gumballs, these two guys notice it and chase her. Yeah, it's out. like a crescent, crescent moon sort of tattoo. Mm-hmm. And they, I they like chase her. They try to grab her and like kill her because the girl's talking about she's talking to ghosts and stuff. I don't know. It's very incoherent. She indicates to the bartender that she knows or general store owner. I don't know what this guy is. I mean, there's nothing nothing clear to establish now that I think about it what this place actually is other than the gumballs. <laughs> it's a gumball gumball store. place. There's really nothing <laughs> to she, explain. It's so hard to explain this stuff because yeah. there's nothing. We're, it's like anything we say about the what happens in the movie is going to be 90% conjecture. I right. feel like we're talking about a dream we all share. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the best way to describe this. But she says something to the, to the store owner indicating that she knows that he's um, abused children yeah, basically. or killed them or something yeah, yeah sure yeah and then he sends his he sends minion his, after yeah. her and then we get into the weirdest fucking opening credit scene I've seen in a while I don't know about you guys why well, don't we roll the, the there's a song that plays so we've got you know a black screen and kind of spooky ghostly spectral titles coming up Intercut with like a really fast sped up shot of a car speeding down a road that feels sort of unnerving. It could be creepy, but listen to a little bit of this song and tell me if this (laughs) will set you in the mood to be spooked. You caught me smiling, why'd you wait so long? It's just my only crutch and it's over my shoulder. You're talking. 
I'm sure the directors will appreciate us playing that because the song's obviously in there because the guy knows someone in a band oh, and wants to give them exposure. Yeah, I think there's actually a, a title card in the opening titles that says blah 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 song by blah blah, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, and so I listened closely because I try to love, I try to like these movies, and I really thought like, okay, if this is here, yeah, he knows somebody's in a band, but he probably commissioned this song, and the lyrics are going to set something up or set up a theme. <laughs> So what did you find? No. I mean, <laughs> with the, I think that the director does think that that's the case. I don't remember the title of the song, but I remember thinking, like, you know, something about, like, being on a path or a journey or something. I got the sense that this is going to be, like, a movie about a character who, like, has a past that she doesn't know about that comes back to haunt her or well, something like that. kind of. Kind of, yeah, that's we'll get into it. Trying. That's what they were trying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we, we go into present day, and then there's this woman who has a, a mark on her arm. And after a scene where she has an interaction with a police officer because she got a flat tire, which is another trope we've seen. Oh, and she offers to pay the police officer for helping her, which I thought was <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> the whole scene exists. There's this whole scene where she's got a flat tire, and she's pregnant, and the cop comes up. That whole scene exists just so the police officer can say... Hey, there's some places in this town you should not go. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, Which, true. That a police officer, I think, ends up being in on the conspiracy. Sure, so, I mean everyone in the town is. Wh- so why the hell is he not telling her not to go to this place where they want her to go? Whatever. It's for us, right? To, it's like letting you know that, like, I know you just heard this kind of folksy song, but like, this is a horror movie, and something's going to happen in like. 45 to 50 minutes. So I was a little bothered that, like, yeah, first, this is a scene we've seen before, and secondly, it's not economical. It's just, like, this whole scene's here so we can say, oh, don't go to a place. Mm-hmm. Like, if your only way of telling us that she's not supposed to go to a place is to have this whole scene where there's a police officer who says, oh, by the way, don't go to that place. Well, yeah. and also to indicate that she has the same crescent moon mark as the girl okay. in 1979, which ends up being completely fucking well, irrelevant and, and, anyway. that, and that the policeman notices that mark. So yeah. I guess, all right. I take back what I said. Great scene. <laughs> so then we meet her. Then she goes home and she's got a husband who's like a yuppie doctor. We talked about him. And after a, a, some brief pleasantries, they have the friends over. And it reminded me of 13 cameras because she's pregnant. The husband's an asshole. And they're just like bringing these strange young people into their house. And they're like, oh, let's drink some wine. Oh, cute house. The husband wasn't really an asshole. At least not at first. And, and I mean, this is another thing. The characterization is just all over the fucking place. Because at first, when I was introduced to these two characters and their relationship, I was like, oh, this seems like a happy couple. I mean, I, I appreciated the performances. Um, I liked them as a couple and as characters, as people. And then very soon after that, the husband kind of starts to act like an asshole for no particular reason. And I wasn't, I didn't know if we were supposed to sympathize with him or not. Yeah, Yeah. and I didn't know if it was just the way that he was reading the lines. So one thing I do know about this movie is a couple of these actors have like an improv background. So like a Mm. lot of... (laughs) This is a mumblecore movie. Exactly, it's mumble horror. (laughs) Um, They did make up a lot of their dialogue. They became friends on set and just kind of riffed. And I think that's why it feels so weirdly inconsistent you don't know who to sympathize with i know who i didn't sympathize with is the douchebag brother of the pregnant woman who shows up oh, well, girlfriend. that's interesting yeah. so yeah the the brother they have their friends over they're having a good time and then the woman's brother and his girlfriend show up and they're like hippie stoners sky her name is sky, her name is sky. what's his name eric i, think. I don't know but we're basically told to like hate these people and they are kind of scummy to begin with but I kind of ended up liking him more than I liked the husband because there's conflict there and I was like I don't I honestly don't know whose side I'm supposed to be on here 
it's kind of fun that they're introduced. I mean, that's such a trope, too. Like, I guess he was invited, but she didn't think he'd show up. But, you know, he is kind of the loose cannon. He's like the the Anne Hathaway character, Rachel, getting married. You know, he yeah. kind of stirs things up. Stirs he goes the to Burning Man. And he's very unfiltered and, like, brings up some shit that his sister's uncomfortable talking about. I thought that was, like, kind of fun drama as they're sitting around the table yeah. drinking. Yeah, but there was no... He was stirring things up, but there was no malice. I didn't feel any malice through him. I was like, this is just kind of a good guy. He's a little bit of a fuck-up, sure, but he was at, at least as sympathetic to me as the husband who seemed unnecessarily hostile well, about everything. Well, here's the thing, though. I think the moment he turns is because he's un- he's made uncomfortable by the brother showing up, which I probably would be, too, if I was that guy in his shoes, and... His wife cuts a check for the brother without sure. telling him about it. Yeah. He's the breadwinner, so right. he gets a little, a little pissy at that point. Right, that's understandable. It's kind basic of some marital drama, backcountry tones when you got the, yeah. the little bro rivalry going on. I, I like this. I think it's really important that we compare this to other movies we've seen on this journey and the tropes that that keep getting repeated. Well, there's there's really very fun. little original stuff in this movie. No, and... no, it's so driven. It's, it tries to be every single kind of horror movie. Yeah. I mean, at some at one point, it even becomes kind of a monster movie for a minute. We haven't even talked yet about the third couple or, or the the fifth and sixth sort of main characters in this who one of them provides one of the few genuinely chilling moments in this movie mm-hmm. to me because the pregnant wife has this friend who shows up with her new boo um and new boo apparently knows something about the town but that really never comes of anything he, grew he makes up some, nearby like 15 yeah, miles away or something he makes some kind of foreboding comments about the town and then his knowledge of it never really has any bearing on the plot but what fucking chilled me was when a pregnant wife whatever her name is is having a conversation with her her best friend and uh they're talking about her best friend's medication that she's Mm -hmm. on and the medic the medication is at first introduced in a really kind of out of nowhere way and then the best friend says something along the lines of you know you you grow up with people and then doctors tell you they're not real and you take a medication they're not there anymore and it's just dropped into conversation like right. out of the blue and i was like whoa that's yeah really and she's unsettling. like comforted to know that the other characters we've been introduced to are real yeah like that was pretty pretty spooky i mean she's she's basically a schizophrenic and again nothing really comes of that either but it is a good moment and it's and it's just creepy it's totally dialogue based and it's all in the way it's written and delivered um, i feel like that actress brought that to the script Probably, <laughs> or maybe. to the film. It's the smartest thing in the movie, basically. Yeah, except it never really pays off. It doesn't but, pay yeah, off. But it's, it's but. a great, it's a great bonding moment and character moment, and it does feel like it's going to set you up for something really fucked up down the line. Mm-hmm. Instead, yeah. it just really what it leads to is the doctor being even more of a dick in one scene <laughs> later on, which we'll get into. Yeah. yeah, it just turns into like oh schizophrenia as a as a plot device for the sake of some jump scares or something and. Like, oh, maybe she's just crazy. Maybe she just saw that, even though it's already killed four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does create one of the more disgusting moments later in the movie, but we can get to oh, that Jesus. when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, I have some things to say about that. But basically, the the point is, the only things you need to know are 
they're at the house having a party. They find a tombstone on the property, oh, yeah. which is, belongs to the little girl who was buying gumballs in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow the hippie guy, they get to talking about this prison that burned down. A bunch of inmates died. And the hippie guy is like, oh, we got to go. Because by the way, I'm a ghost hunter. Uh-huh. And everyone, everyone around the table is like, yeah, I'm cool with that. And even asshole husband with the pregnant wife is like, you know what? I'm going to go because I'm going to show him that everything he believes in is bullshit. But he's also like, I want to show him I can hang. Because like, the, the, the brother like gives him some shit about like being a doctor and, and just being kind of a, like, oh, yeah. a stiff sort of lame dude. Yeah. I mean, why does anybody go to this prison, really? I would do it. I thought it would, actually, I really liked this. I enjoyed the conversation around the table. I thought there was some interesting drama kind of developing. I was kind of wondering where it was going to go. And I feel like, okay, these people are adults, you know, they're probably like in their early 40s, but they're still behaving kind of like teenagers. I have a lot of friends who are that age and they behave kind of the same way we do sometimes. And I would love to be at that party where we're just like, I'm bored. Let's go to the fucking haunted prison. (laughs) (laughs) Pack it up, bring your beer. Let's drive out there. The problem is they do it in broad daylight. That's not scary. (laughs) That's not scary at all. Amateur Broad daylight that very quickly becomes nighttime, though. Yeah. It actually, it takes a little while. Daylight for the sake of budget. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, I mean, why does the doctor end up going? He goes to prove a because point. Because he's a man of science. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the devil when he was four. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they vaguely hint at this, you know, his motivations for that. But it's not compelling because the characters seem to shift. Their characterization seems to yeah. kind of shift around so sure. much. And part of that might be the improv. Part of it just might be it's not a very good movie. <laughs> I mean, there is a screenplay for this, though, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, with additional dialogue provided by the actors. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's like Larry David where they just came yeah. on. He's like, "All right, so you're going to talk, and then he's going to say, let 'Let's go to the prison.'" Then- <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here's a thought I had watching this movie, and it has been pretty much confirmed. When they got to the prison, the way you know the low budget nature of it, I was like, I bet the director slash writer like found out about this location and was like i need to build a movie around this because this is bitchin <laughs> yeah and sure enough that's exactly the case oh really yeah. yeah somebody came like one of his somebody came to him and like told him about this location so he wrote a movie so he could shoot a movie there uh, and what's odd is that it's like, not that good of a location no it oh. looks so i mean there's graffiti everywhere covering every inch like it's not spooky it's like oh a million kids have been here they've taken everything cool that might have been there out of here by now it's totally <laughs> gutted and presumably they're all still alive. Yeah. It was spooky to me. I just didn't think it looked like a fucking prison. No, Do we know it what like it a actually like was in LA? <laughs> like the, the fucking Mansfield Reformatory is a creepy prison. This was like, yeah, it looked like a skate park. It was like, here's some cinder block walls and a stairway that goes down. And then there's like a hallway with some doors. A skate park. That would be a hard fucking place to skate. Not if you're a badass like okay, me. Okay, it looked like it looked like um <laughs> I like want to see of, you skate. It looked like one of those places where you play paintball, I guess. Oh, that's that's actually yeah, what I meant to say. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it looks like that's, the yeah, movie theater in Monroe. Oh yeah, yeah, the old Denison. Yeah. <laughs> so do we know what it actually was in real life? I don't. Okay. Probably not a fucking prison. Driving cinema, probably. But it's small too. Like it's yeah, not, it's even, not big enough. To it's be a not prison. prison There's cells. like one hallway and like three rooms down there, it's and they joke. just shoot it from every angle possible. Yeah, it's a joke. And then they get there, and there's some more character stuff that pissed me off. Like uh, the the hippie brother 
is like, hey, check it out. I brought a joint. And <laughs> the his girlfriend, who's also a huge hippie stoner, is like blown away that he brought a joint. <laughs> I love this scene because he like shotguns her with the weed. And I was like, my first thought was MTV Kiss of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of kind of sexy, but people people it who was. smoke that much weed don't get excited when someone has a joint. <laughs> no, they're like it's expected that you have right. like a cigarette case of joints right. with you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> the guy was just writing out of his wheelhouse a little bit. I'm sure he had a stoner friend he could have consulted for that. Scene. I don't. Know, his name is Trip with two P's. I'm sure he smoked a few blunts in his day. <laughs> is that the writer's name? The director slash I assume oh, he wrote it too. Oh, yeah. okay. And executive produced. Yeah. As I learned from that interview I read. Yes. Well, you know what I did like? I did like that hippie guy and the way he went about his ghost hunting. Because he goes down eventually into the prison and it wasn't like... Because we've seen ghost hunters and we've seen paranormal investigators in countless movies. But this guy had more of like an Indiana Jones approach to it where he had like a little diary and stuff. And he was like decoding the scripts on the walls and like trying to recreate the ritual himself. Oh, it reminded me of that segment from... Uh, what was it? A Christmas Horror Story with the, the ghost hunters and the abandoned... Yeah. Was that a prison too? That was a, a, a Catholic school. Oh, okay, A boarding okay. school. Yeah, they were very methodical about it in the same way in that movie. Yeah, but where oh, it was yeah. like, he wasn't just passively sitting there with his recorder and hearing bumps. He was like actually trying to anthropologically study what these prisoners were doing and piece it back together. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because, you know, it's, it's something I haven't seen before. And then that was about it. That's all I liked. <laughs> I, so at this point in the movie, I paid very, very close attention to it, but I just wasn't connecting. Like, it just like like sifted through my hands like the sand of time like i remember so little about how things play out from there on out i remember the ending well but everything that happens in the prison i don't know it was just a mess it was it's totally a mess incoherent. Well, i didn't know who was alive le- and he was dead. at some point we learn about this guy named kane who is relevant to the plot and in, in ways that i actually still don't really understand he was in prison for killing kids I think. Killing kids and then, what, the prison burned down? They find yeah. his file. They find his dossier, like, just laying around on a barrel. And they're <laughs> like, look at this guy, Kane. It's like, and then there's a great line where they're like, oh. Well, he originally comes up at the dinner. Someone brings him up at the dinner. Oh, right, because he's like an urban legend. He's That's urban part legend. of the reason for going to the prison. But then there's like a, there's a, his rap sheet in the folder is something <laughs> like, slash throat, buried alive. Stabbed to death, buried alive. And I was like, "Are they talking about the same victim?" <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, but we we recognize him as the guy that we see in these really forced jump scares that happened in like the first quarter of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Sky goes to freshen up before dinner and takes a bathtub. It uh, takes a bath at a stranger's house in the right. tub, which is right. you know in the what you dinner. what you do when they, you go to freshen up. They sit down to dinner and oh, she's like, "I gotta freshen up." Ass shot and it's the too. most gratuitous yeah. ass shot I've probably ever seen in a movie. And right there, I was like, "All right, this movie hasn't been going that well, and now I know who I'm interfacing with, <laughs> and I don't want to be involved in this anymore." Yeah, I felt it was so trashy. It was no reason for that. And yeah, and so the first time we see Kane is she has a vision of him as she's bathing. Right. I forget. She, he shows up he behind shows up her or he's in the bathtub. She, or... like, you know, does that horror movie thing where she, like, dips her head into the water yeah. a little bit. And then she, like, opens her eyes and she sees this, like, 
He looks, I don't know, what's he look like? Charles he, Manson. He looks like a cross between Charles Manson and like a generic heavy metal singer. And like, <laughs> he has like gray skin and like mark, like carved markings on his forehead. And, and like, he reminded me of the Muppet who's like the big, like squarish Muppet with the big long orange nose and like the monster face. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't I know. Maybe a stretch, but he <laughs> Wait, shows which a, one? I don't know his name. He's, uh, he's, I could we'll, pick him We'll out link to him in the show notes. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, so he's like leaning over the tub it's a jump scare and he's like blood comes out of his mouth and then she's like ah! and like she almost drowns and she's like oh I must have just fallen asleep in the tub and you know he's also like shoehorned into some very normal scenes where there's like two people talking and one of them leaves the room and then there's like a bow and you see like his ghostly figure in the corner of the room really the worst kind of jump scare piss me off you know what the creepiest moment in this movie was for me and it was purely just a throwaway moment that I feel is kind of show-offy. There's, okay, so the the pregnant... We haven't even established her name, have we? The pregnant What is wife, her name? I don't know. What's the pregnant wife's name? Because I'm sick of calling her that. Sarah. 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 She's okay. a person Sarah and, and her name Matt. is Sarah. Matt so is the husband's Matt. She does not go to the prison. We should say that. She does not go. Oh, Eventually... She's way too smart. She... For she, whatever reason, she flips her car on the way back from dropping him off at the prison. Oh, that's right. That's what happens. I thought she <laughs> went to it. Yeah, and there's a moment where you just see the shot of like an old woman in like an apron <laughs> by the side of the road, and she opens her mouth and screams, and it's like this deafening scream, and you see this like time lapse footage of like night falling over the yeah. floor. I feel like that's got to be a homage to something. It must be, but it was a really fuck. It was like very like Lynchian. Just that one shot. There's nothing else in the movie like it. It was both funny and creepy. Yeah, I liked it. I kind of giggled and I was like, "Oh god!" Like I just felt a chill down my spine because the sound was horrifying and just the the shadows falling over the trees. And it's is creepy. And it's so jarring because the old woman is not in the same spot. Like she's not in the same geographical area as Sarah when she flips the car. It just cuts to this old woman in a completely different location, seemingly having intuited that Sarah is in trouble and all the people are in the prison. And it's you know time to fuck basically. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wow, really? I mean, there's something creepy about an old woman standing in a field most of the time. And, and I loved the, the jarringness of it. I, I actually ran that back when it happened because it just cuts so quickly it's from what's happened to Sarah to this woman that we've never seen before, I think, standing screaming in a field. I was like, wait, that really she's, just happened? I think she's the woman. She looks just like the woman who picked up yeah. the girl in the, in the yeah. prologue. I think she shows up at the end of the movie. Oh, she that's does. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what you're okay. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll hang out with her in the spoiler room. We'll hang out with her in the spoiler Great room. Great company, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually by before they even got to the prison, I was kind of over this movie. I just found it very hard to watch. I almost I probably would have turned it off if I hadn't been required uh you know to watch it out of duty to the podcast. God, I could This is actually- I had a penny for every time I thought that. I'd have like 30 30- yeah, two of them. Yeah, I was going to say this is the most negative I've ever heard you be about a movie. This is so before the spoiler. The well, listen, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. More, I'll tell you more about how much I hate it in my in my review. Uh, but I'll keep you in suspense <laughs> until then. Uh, but no, it was. Just, I see a surprise view it coming out of left field here. Maybe um, one of the things that I think made it so hard for me to watch, and maybe this is just me, or maybe it happened to all of us to our subconscious, is the editing is fucking terrible. It was like there's yeah. a cut every two seconds. It reminded me of Alien Covenant where there's just cut, 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 <laughs> cut, cut. They cut on like almost every line of dialogue, probably because it was all improvised and they were trying to pick the good parts out and Frankenstein together. Hmm. You know, I'm surprised. I did notice some actually really 
kind of jarring but effective editing in this movie. I'm sorry, because you know, I, I keep you showed me Prometheus to prove to me that the editing wasn't as choppy as I thought it was. Prometheus is one of the best shot movies of the last 20 years. Debate me. Continue, Steve. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of with you after you kind of forced it upon me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is a mess. It just becomes, I think everything's like kind of okay at the dinner scene, but once we get into the asylum, and it's budgetary reasons, they're shooting at night, you know, they can people can only sustain themselves for so long in like a musty you know a presumably like hot and sweaty basement of whatever that building actually mm. is definitely not a prison i i think they were just kind of trying to get through it as quickly as they could i disagree i think the prison stuff was poorly shot and edited but it was consistent with what we expect to see in those types of environments in these types of movies sure the dinner scene is where it really stood out to me when I was like, there, I feel like there's sensory overload. There's so much cutting going on. And I can't even tell where these characters are sitting in relation to each other around the table. So, and, and that's like a, something that is a conventional scene that shouldn't be hard to do. Like, you know. I mean, if you're working with a solid script and they weren't. Or not yeah. even a script, but just working with someone who understands the basics of cinematography. Not to say I do, because I've never shot a scene like that. But it's probably a lot harder than it looks. But but you would presumably like plan it out and storyboard or something. I don't know. I, I, mean, think, I think it did. was just compromised by the improv that they brought to it. But anyway, it was very hard for me to watch. And then once I became aware of it, it was just, ah, ah, it was too much. I wanted to close my eyes and just listen. I didn't notice that. There was what I thought was a really effectively edited scene, but it's spoiler room material. We can get into that later. <laughs> should we go there? Guys? Yeah, we should, should we probably just it? go there because I'm not sure what else there is to say that's not spoiler territory other than that's the movie. They hang out in the prison. Creepy stuff happens that's not going to blow your mind because it's pretty conventional for that type of movie. And then... There's some crazy shit at the end, which is somewhat entertaining, in my opinion, but I say screw it. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick, what would you say about Bleed, the movie? I will second that motion. The screw it. I will say screw it, um, but... I did appreciate the performances for a like a shitty low budget movie like this. Like I, I feel like they tried, and I actually was kind of absorbed in in the the dinner party beer drinking conversation. I really felt like okay, I like a movie where we actually get time to get to know these people and they're competent actors who seem to have some chemistry. This is not American Poltergeist or American <laughs> Poltergeist Two or uh, some of the other bullshit that we watch. I, I I think there was some talent here. I think. Some scenes were well directed and edited, but overall, it's it's an absolute disaster. It this movie has no idea what it's trying to communicate. Screw it. Yeah, there's definitely some solid performances in it, and even you know some of the dialogue works decently well early on. I felt like I was watching real people have fairly natural conversations until Eric and Sky show up, and it's all just like bullshit. Like they're trying to insert this like hippie free spirit lingo into their mouths that just sounds completely ridiculous and unnatural but for the most part yeah good good performances and it it feels natural enough well if you want to watch movies with good actors bullshitting around a dinner table you oh could do better than this movie watch could, the invitation you could watch the movie with paul giamatti and the wine <laughs> you could watch drinking buddies which is mumblecore on netflix which has been my cue for years because i want to vicariously go on a drinking date with olivia wilde <laughs> so that's in my cue haven't seen it 
but you could do better than this movie. You could okay. So the invitation coherence two movies about dinner parties that are verge on horror science fiction that are low budget improvised dialogue that I think are super effective. This movie not cutting it. Or you know what? I'll I'll piggyback on that. A mumblecore movie where you got some good actors and it's mostly conversation and there's also the element of they go down in the basement and see the spooks. The innkeepers. You ever see The Innkeepers? I did, yeah. That's Ty West. Yeah, right? Ty West. Love that movie. Yeah, that was okay. It's cute. It's not great. It's cute. It's good. Thumbs up. And I think all of these are on Netflix currently. Innkeepers was, but it's not anymore. Damn it. Well, as Coherence, as Amazon Prime, Invitation, pretty sure it's on Netflix. Don't waste your time on this piece of shit, for God's sake. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is actually, Mm-mm. I should have said this. I think this is my least favorite of the movies that we've seen. Wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh. Hold on. I feel like we should pull up the list just to make sure you're... Oh, we should, yeah. All right. I want to go through every one and say, title, and then I want to hear you say it's worse than that. Bootnoth. This is way worse than Bootnoth. Way worse. Don't kill it. This is way, way worse, worse than, than Don't Kill It. Kill it. There's, like, there's 30 seconds of this movie that approach Don't Kill It territory that are almost entertaining. <laughs> yes. Way worse than Beyond the Gates, for sure. For sure, and Beyond the Gates was pretty bad. Now, Be Afraid was, I think, previously my least favorite movie. Yeah. But at least it killed my attention until the end, sort of. Way worse. Like, this movie I almost had to turn off 20, 30 minutes in. I would say way worse than Be Deviled or Be Afraid. Uh, Definitely way worse than Baskin. Definitely. And Baskin's a very similar movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. Baskin's an extremely similar movie with the whole dinner character development at the beginning and yeah. then they go off to investigate yeah, the thing actually. and they see the spooks and there's torture and stuff. Yeah. Way worse than before I wake. This makes Baskin look like a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Baskin, I and, like yeah, Baskin. Yeah, I mean, we were t- split on Baskin. Yeah. Way worse than before I wake. Way worse than the ritual. Way worse than backcountry. Just anybody jump in here if you have a uh, well, uh, opinion. No, I the only thing is, is it worse than Avalanche Sharks? Yes. It's definitely worse. It's less competent than Avalanche Sharks. Because that had two screw-its in one view-it, from what I can see. I wonder who gave it the view-it, Patrick. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Avalanche Sharks. My shit. Avis Possessions? Way worse than Avis Possessions. I love Avis Possessions. So you were the view-it for that? Oh, I was the view. I was a strong view-it for that. I did not like Avis Possessions, but this is worse. Way worse than it follows. I like that we're doing this. We're we're going back. We haven't done this ever on the show. Just go back through every movie. (laughs) We've never had a movie this bad before. Okay. Otto Blanco, I hated way more in this movie. Otto Blanco pissed me the fuck off. Four screw-its. Yep. But was it a worse movie? I don't remember. Well, it doesn't matter. You hated it more. I hated it more. Hmm. At the Devil's Door, I actually don't remember enough about it at this point. At the Devil's Door, I am a fond of that movie. Oh, yeah. It, it, It was mediocre, but it had some strokes of genius. Archivo. This movie is Archivo. It is very similar. It's very similar, yeah. <laughs> Archivo was probably Archivo was definitely worse. Archivo is the movie that's just about the brother and his girlfriend from this movie. Like it's very similar to that. Oh, yeah. If it was just about them, just the ghost hunters, and it starts with ghost hunting. Yeah. Okay. Archivo Ar- also a four screw it. Archivo, it's hard for me to say because Archivo, I think, is more successful at what it's trying to do than this movie. I guess, yeah. They're we, equally hard I to can, watch. I can credit Archivo for having more clarity of vision than yeah. this movie. They're, they're, it's harder to watch. Anti-Birth, great film. Definitely better than this one. Saw, sure, better Chris than this. Chris gave that a screw it. <laughs> I know. 
bullshit. Because he doesn't like when people talk bad about oh. Michigan. Oh, anti-birth. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I do have to walk back a little bit of that. I'm glad we're doing this because I was just in the Upper Peninsula and I did see, you know, it's super... You saw some anti-birth. It, it, did you do the anti-birth tour? It's super... <laughs> see all the sets? <laughs> the, the anti-birth yeah, heritage, heritage tour. tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's super economically depressed up there, you know? And so yeah. I saw some of these houses and I saw some of this geography and I'm like, all right, I can see anti-birth taking place here a little bit. Yeah. I didn't meet anybody who was like the people in Antibar. Where were you in the UP? Not far. Okay. Just up to Taquamanon. Okay. A Christmas horror story probably pissed me off more than this. Well, you these movies you're talking about, you they pissed you off on principle. They did. You didn't like Atua Blanco because they were killing kids. You didn't like, I didn't like a Christmas horror story because they were killing kids. Right. Basically, you don't like killing kids, um, and I don't like animal violence. That's my thing. Yeah. I wrote down in my notes for this movie that it begins with animal violence via a tale of a rabbit being killed. Oh yeah, that's they like do, the they, first thing you hear about. They do talk about hunting, but they're actually talking about a child. I think. Uh, I think the subtext ooh. is there. Oh, because they say rabbit run when the girl right, runs out. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. Which anyway. is that's fun. That's fun. That was cool. <laughs> fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anguish was better than this. And well, and yeah, I did. I mean, we're just talking about our personal opinions on sure. each of these. So yeah, I hated those other movies more than this. What about Amnesiac? God, I that got four screws. This is not a joke, but I don't remember Amnesiac well enough. <laughs> to Amnesiac, weigh in. fuck. Amnesiac was excruciating, Amnesiac and this was movie was bullshit. excruciating. American poultry. Uh, oh, come on, guys. Both the American poltergeist no. are worse than this shit. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing American poltergeist one and two have heart and a sense oh. of fun. And, and like, especially American poltergeist two, it wasn't a good movie, but like, you know, it had so much heart. And you could tell there's some people trying to make a movie. And I didn't get the sense that anyone involved in those productions was a fucking psychopath. Like, I get when I see watch this movie and I see. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, what are you talking Shots about? Shots are fired. Well, th- this movie, you know, you have these characters who are talking and, and there seems to be no human connection with the dialogue. And you have these gratuitous ass shots. I'm still hung up on the ass shot. And then, you know, just <laughs> there's the, a t-shirt. <laughs> just the, the way it all ends and everything like that. I got the 13 cameras vibe off of this movie where I'm like here's a guy who's got the money to make a movie and he's just dead inside did you get the Tom 6 vibe I don't know who Tom 6 is Human Human Centipede. Centipede. oh yeah like his that new, the trailer for his new movie is fucked up since we're this is a horror podcast I we can discuss this it's a bunch of women drinking wine and masturbating to footage of the twin towers falling <laughs> that's the whole trailer <laughs> How do they know what I do on Saturday night? <laughs> um, anyway. Well, this director the, is not as sadistic as that. Well, here's the thing about Human Centipede. Human Centipede is horrible, but the director is being deliberately provocative. You know? It's not like he's just dead inside and can't relate to other people. And so he made this movie about you, the Human Centipede. I don't think this guy's dead See, inside. I think, he's just, I think it's like American Poltergeist, too. He's just trying to make a movie. This is an interesting theme, though. So we're, we're developing interesting themes about each of our, sort of the way we react to these movies here. I, I get pissed off when kids die for no reason. Steve gets pissed off when animals die for no reason. And this is not the first time that you sort of intuited or, or assumed that the director is basically a narcissistic megalomaniac yeah yeah i I just i feel like i feel like it's hard to write a script that's very devoid of humanity to the levels of some of these movies where it seems like people are the the 
the filmmaking is much more concerned with people dying than how they talk to each other. And but see, that's why kids dying pisses me off. When a kid dies for no reason, that just seems like a, a screenplay that's devoid of humanity. And I don't want to make a big deal about the gratuitous ass shot because I don't think it's that bad in itself. But I just think it's an indicator, given all the other evidence of just kind of how this person approaches movies. I don't remember the ass shot. I must have been looking at my phone or something. Oh my, I must have been you, checking would, my you would actually loved it. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was like a sexy shot, but there's no reason, there's no reason for her to take a bath. I mean, the, like he just set this up so we could see a like half nude woman. Yeah. All right. So where do we stand? Astronaut's wife. Is it worse than astronaut's wife? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it worse than the first American poltergeist? Oh yeah. Yes. Is it worse? Oh, no, than- wait, wait, no. no. American poltergeist, both American poltergeists are worse than this shit. Fuck those movies. I would, I would, this movie has way more craft than any would, American Poltergeist movie. It has craft, barely, and I. But and better the, performances. American Poltergeist is pretty innocent. If though. you gave um, the American Poltergeist two people the same amount of money, they would probably make a better movie. No fucking way. no. Right. American, American Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Both of those are two of the shittiest movies I've ever fucking uh, seen. ABCs God. of Death Two. Better. Better. Yeah. Abattoir. Better. A haunting at Silver Falls. Uh, well, here's where I have a soft spot in my heart for a haunting at Silver Falls. You made a joke about it when we were camping, actually. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah, we found a ring in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Abattoir and a haunting at Silver Falls we're, might be worse. We do this show and we're like, who the fuck would pick up a ring that they find in the woods and, and you invite did. the ghosts into your home? And then we're like, hey, look, a ring in the woods. We didn't actually find a ring. You made a joke about this, like, creepy branch that was pointing toward your tent and you're like huh it'd be funny if there's a ring on it oh yeah there's a ring buried under the thing (laughs) guys i mean there are a lot of movies that this is worse than but at least it's better than a dark song fuck you (laughs) that is i think is that the only movie that we all gave a view it to right yeah Yeah, i think that might be three-headed shark attack three-headed shark attack was it's better than this movie. They exhausted me equally, but I would rather hang out with the people who made Three Headed Shark Attack than hang out with the people who made this movie. I like how you sometimes judge movies the way people judge presidential candidates. You're like, do you want to get a beer with the makers of this film? Well, part of this, and maybe it's just because I'm interested in the filmmaking process, is when I watch these movies, I do feel like I'm interfacing with the creative team a bit. I feel like I'm being shown something, and I'm, I'm there's the I feel like there's that dialogue beneath the text of the movie that I'm participating mm-hmm. in, and so when I get signals about just how these people are like creepy because there's a lot of psychopaths in the movie industry a lot of people will have a lot of money to make movies and they're dead inside (laughs) yeah i want to get into that but i don't think i should (laughs) (laughs) gerald's game definitely better than this yeah 1920 london better than this if only for the greatest movie character of all time jay (laughs) 13 cameras Oh, God, I hate That's that movie, tough. but it's better than 13 this. 13 Cameras, similarly devoid of humanity, but I did yeah. enjoy 13 Cameras more than this. Yeah. I can't wait for 14 Cameras, which is finally getting a release soon. Finally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I still need to watch the trailer for that. All right, hashtag horror. Oh, hated that, but... Uh, hashtag it's horror... It's worse than this. It's worse. Yeah. What? Hashtag horror is worse than this than movie we're talking fatigue, about? yeah. Bleed? Especially considering, like, if we're talking about coherence, for one thing, like, that yeah. is a movie that just makes zero no, sense. No, I... 13 Cameras is better. Right. I mean, not 13 Cameras, fucking hashtag, hashtag horror. horror. <laughs> hashtag horror is better. It might be better. I might take my opinion. Back. Remember, remember the, the guy going batshit on those girls, waving the knife at them? <laughs> yes. Timothy Hutton. You bitches! Rec 4, better than this. Spawn. 
definitely better than this. Guys. Oh, I would watch Spawn right now. Yeah. I'm sad I gave it a Mount Q&A. Bulger, baby. All right, guys. Well, let's take a break. Let's watch Spawn and then get back into the spoiler round. <laughs> talk about how this movie ends and how it... Yeah. Stay tuned. The mysteries of Kane may or may not be revealed. Malbolgia's plans to destroy the Earth. The choice has been made. For now. Oh, what a great film. What a great film. It holds up so well. It holds up. John Leguizamo. Tour de Force. Mel Bolgia is still Bay. I'm I'm glad that that he found peace with Wanda. You know, we, we when we originally watched this movie, we didn't have you at Cue It or Screw It. Steve had not had that bolt of lightning of inspiration oh, that's strike right. him. And we all gave it a pass or fail. And guys, I stand by my pass. But on the on the website, it's still View Acute or Screw I, It. I, I, yeah, I had to, I conformed out? it to, the, obviously, okay. Patrick's enthusiastic pass equals a View It. Okay. My, my fail with prejudice <laughs> equates to a screw it. And then, Steve, you went back and forth a couple times. Oh, so sure, I gave yeah. you a cue. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, yeah, that was amazing. I don't even remember the movie we're talking about today on this show. I just wanted to go back, start talking about Spawn again. It's amnesiac, actually. Um, oh, I keep forgetting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bleed. So what the fuck happens? Bleed, the what the fuck happens in Bleed? I can't That's even spoil question. this movie because who the fuck knows? Basically, the Kane man is in the prison and he's a ghost. And, and the townspeople come in. everyone up. And the townspeople he come in. He rapes someone at one point? All right, so that, that was... I mean, it's, that's a fucked up scene. That was a fucked up scene. Oh, well, here's the thing. Kane, the, the essential spoiler of the movie is Kane, the spook that you keep seeing was basically in this, like, child-murdering cult that was it included everybody in the whole fucking town. Which is, like, eight people. That's Which, the whole like, town. Whose kids are they even killing if everyone in the <laughs> town is a also, member of this cult? The t- hold on, I just thought of something. The kids who come in to get the gumballs. The, so, the husband is the town doctor. Has he started work yet? Because no. he talks about his caseload, how it's only going to be 20 people and it's a lot easier for him. Like, shouldn't he kind of have a grasp of, like, who lives in the town and what's going on? Oh, These people all been, look very sick. Like, they need to see a doctor every day. That would have been so much more interesting to yeah. tease to tease out the mystery that way. Like, what if he was like, you know what? He's a co-conspirator, He's maybe? He's just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Your brother's an asshole. I'm not going to this asylum. I'm just going to go to work. And he goes to work, and then he's like, get some weird, I don't know. That's just, so many just ways you can do this anything better movie. other than this I'm movie. just reading, ble- writing bleed fan fiction right now. <laughs> um but the world's only bleed fan fiction. Yeah, so basically in 1979 or whatever the hell, they decided Kane had a crisis of conscience and was like, I don't know if we should kill this one kid. And so they were like, well, fuck you, Kane. <laughs> they put him in the prison. Is that what happened? I'm pretty sure, right? Is that how you understood it, Steve? Yeah, kind of. They sent right, him up there. I didn't fucking murky, understand but, it at all. Yeah, because I'll accept any explanation. He's at this chained point. to the wall in the prison, and there's a newspaper on the floor that's like they're about to exonerate him on DNA evidence. I missed that. <laughs> oh yeah, this chick got deep. Um, and then they light the fucking prison on they, fire. They, they kill him. They try yeah. to. They kill him because basically what happens is he didn't want to kill the kids with them, so they sent him up the river and they they framed him for killing all these kids. Right. 
So that's why he's an urban legend. And so he's in prison, but there's new experimental DNA testing methods that they want to use in the case that will exonerate him. So they kill him instead by burning down the entire prison. So the twist is that Kane's actually a good guy does not explain why the ghost of Kane possesses the hippie boyfriend and rapes Sky. <laughs> you know, I mean, this weird fucking sex scene. Like, Sky is freaked out. She's like, I forget what. There's something weird that happens while they're while her and her boyfriend are down in the prison. She's like, I want to go. I want to get out of here. He's like, No, mm-hmm. baby, it's cool. It's cool. She's like, No, I want to get the fuck out of here. Rightfully so. And then he starts coming on to her by just hilariously he flicks her like belly button piercing in what is supposed to be a sexy way but it's just such a stupid moment to me and she just turns on a dime all of a sudden because he wants to fuck in the creepy prison that she wants to get out of she's like oh okay yeah let's do it yep and then really dumb but then when she looks up it's not her boyfriend anymore it's this ghost of cain thrusting away like a madman very creepy moment and i think it's implied that what i saw what the way i read it is that cain actually had possessed the boyfriend initially to like make him come on to her (laughs) like knows who the fuck knows but it doesn't matter the thing is cain who the ghost of cain ends up becoming a hero because he kind of slays half the townspeople who are trying to do some ritual murder to our last remaining heroes and he Kane's turns into really a, a good ball guy. of flame. He turns into a ball of flame. But Kane's not a good guy. <laughs> Kane was in this child killing cult for a long time doing God knows what. And then he's still doing fucked up stuff as a ghost. He's killed people. And then, you know. Well, there's not enough backstory. Like, it'd be one thing if he was, like, clearly mentally disabled and he had been coerced into this cult. That would have been more interesting. The movie to see about that is D. Snyder's Strangeland. Oh, I've always wanted to see that, actually. (laughs) I'm super curious. All right, we'll talk about that off-cast. Oh, great film. No, yeah, let's get back to the fireball, (laughs) because that's the best scene in the whole fucking movie. Oh, my God, I jumped for joy when I saw this. Like, basically, all the other protagonists, except for Sarah, the pregnant woman, have been knocked off one way or the other. So unceremoniously. Yes, so unceremoniously. Like, to the point where you assume that somebody is going to make a traditional tropey horror movie return from the death like staggers in with a wound you thought me you you thought you shot me in the head but it was just a flesh wound whatever kind of thing i got i gotta plug my my favorite one before you move on to that were the hippie boy the hippie brother who at this point is like ostensibly the protagonist of the movie because he's gotten like as much screen time as anybody and he seems to be the only one who's capable of understanding what's going on in this prison and he is talking to the the sister and then the townspeople, the cult shows up, and so they run away. They run away, and there's like a chase sequence where they're kind of like shooting after him, and then someone just fires a shot, and it shoots him in the head, and he's dead, and the sister runs away, and we never see him again. It was the most unceremonious dispatching of a main character I've seen in any movie, and a chase sequence, no less. Crazy. Insanity. So that's how these people are dying until it gets whittled down just to like Sarah and maybe her husband who may or may not be dead or possessed or some shit. Continue, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, crazy and insane, but not as crazy and insane as this shit. Like the hillbillies have Sarah pinned down. They're carving a weird symbol into her chest and Kane all of a sudden shows up like where is he standing even? He's, he's like in he's a pipe in or a something. Vent. Like a vent. Yeah. yeah. You see the ghost of Cain. And all of a sudden, we've never seen him demonstrate this ability be- before. He just turns into a giant fucking fireball and flies down from the vent to attack the hillbillies. He grabs this fucked up police captain who's sort of leading the, the charge among the hillbillies. 
and just grabs him and goes, Welcome to hell, Captain. Captain. No! And then he just engulfs the police captain in flame. He's like the human torch. Like He leaves yeah. a trail of flame behind him as he comes out of the vent. It's just so charming. It's amazing. I love that, like, 45 seconds of the movie. I was hoping that the climax, that that sort of action would continue and that that would be he the does climax it a couple, of the movie. He does engulf a couple other people in flames, but it's yeah, never but it's as dramatic as that. Like yeah. a minute. That it only lasts like a minute, but it is a batshit scene. All that stuff's hilarious. And then Someone's you, arm you also, gets cut yeah, off. Yeah, you got the husband coming with like a scythe cutting off like a cop's yeah. arm and just the arm flies off and there's a shower <laughs> of blood and it's very comic. And it gets like, very, right. very campy and gory. At that yeah, point. very campy and gory. But then the hillbillies just start kicking the hell out of the husband and Sarah runs away. We never see the husband again. Talk about unceremonious dispatching yeah. of a main character he probably I mean, dies he's i guess who cares I, I, just still so bizarre it is that so they just bizarre. leave him his arc like unresolved yeah. well arc is a kind word and, yeah. and well there's other the, the girl who's schizophrenic you know drops her pills and oh yeah she's like fishing for him and then she's you, like, the, like the screen goes black and you hear a voice like did you drop something? And that's the last we ever see of her. Well, no, she but picks her pills that, up. They're like covered in like blood, shit, or blood, or something. Isn't she in a bathroom? She has to like reach underneath a, a stall or something to grab the pills after she drops. Yeah, them. and they're just covered in something gross, and she's just like throwing, throwing them in her, in her mouth, mouth like candy. Oh, so gross. Well, she thinks it's all a dream, I think. Right, and she's like, "Well, I need like twenty Thorazine pills to make this go away." Sure, apparently. why not? Yeah. One of the trippy things I did like was when Sarah has flashbacks to some of the shit that actually happened with Anna, the girl who died back in 1979, which mm-hmm. I still don't presume to understand what the fuck happened there. But I, I did like the way they cut between Sarah responding to somehow receiving this flashback and the shots of what was happening in the flashback, like they're throwing dirt into a grave and Sarah starts to cough up sand. I think you guys laughed when we watched that, but I actually thought that was pretty effectively well, done. Well, I laughed because she, because the girl was buried alive and she's like flashing back and kind of experiencing that. But I laughed because she ends up coughing out like a quart and a half of sand. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a huge ass. It looks really convincing too. Like I kind of gagged watching. Yeah. They probably had her eat. The, the psychopath director probably made her eat sand. Oh, I actually disagree. I mean, it's clear that there's a hose like, oh, yeah. lined up with oh, her face. That? When I saw it a second time done. when we revisited it, that was obvious. I, but the first time I, mean, I was like, I noticed it they... even the first time, but I still thought it was effective. I'm sure got the a director's eye, a great Patrick. guy. I'm sure the director's a great guy. Let's get him on the cast. Let's look him up on Facebook. We need to have our Mike Wazowski moment with this guy. I've seen a picture of him. He looks like a normal kind of nerdy guy. Like Mike Wazowski. (laughs) How he will forever be known. We still need to have Mike Wazowski on the show. I mean. He never messaged me back. Well, keep pushing. Be a journalist. Okay. I'll push. Yeah. So the... The thing with the her, the thing with her and the girl is never explained to anyone's satisfaction. But there's like maybe a reincarnation motif because the girl died on the same day that the brother and her the sister, the pregnant woman and her twin brother were born, and they have the same birthmarks and they have some connection to the to the ghost world. There's a little bit of before I wake because they got the butterfly, butterfly motif. Yep, I thought yep. that too. Me too. Uh I don't know. It's just it's there's a lot of ideas and they just kind of are thrown at you and never it doesn't make any. Oh, it's a total sense. hodgepodge. It's it a never hodgepodge. makes fucking sense. What is the what's the significance of the birthmarks? I don't fucking know. What do these townspeople want her baby for? I we never know. explain. We don't know what they're going to do because there's a birthmark. They have to kill the baby because there's Ugh. a birthmark on the mother. God damn it! Or I don't know. Crazy. Anyway, 
Oh, I'm just so exhausted. I'm exhausted. It all ends <laughs> with some bullshit. Basically, the cult gets the woman and she delivers the baby and it's stillborn. And she's like, why isn't he crying? And the fucked up lady's like, because he ain't breathing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then we have the world's most gratuitous flashback to what was such gratuitous foreshadowing in the first place. Yeah, right. The scene of Sarah and matt eric what the fuck the is the husband. doctor's name whatever the doctor's generic white name is having a conversation at the house about like how you know what is it about the how cult, she'd give anything for the baby the, the or, cult is like are you willing to bleed to save your baby's life insert flashback of her talking to her husband about how she'd do anything for her baby yeah. like what a profound mm-hmm. <laughs> nuanced part of the character we should play but that then, clip because like i seem to remember the music playing over it being really cloying and inappropriate yeah well yeah sure fuck it i'll play the clip fuck it hey look at me we're the lucky ones i just want her to live a long happy life yeah well she will <laughs> i promise everything's gonna be fine but then there's not like a moment I mean immediately after that her throat is slit one of the hillbillies slits her throat and there's not a moment where you get a sense that she's like chosen to surrender to to that I think she says she yeah she says she says something like yeah it's okay does she yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. she I'll do anything for my dead baby so they slit her sudden. throat and the baby comes back to life and the baby's fucked because it has no parents and is being raised by a cult now probably gonna end up like Kane Cut to an exterior shot of the farmhouse, and the movie's fucking over. That's the ending. That's it. It's over. I rewatched it because I couldn't believe that was actually the ending. Yeah, you rewatched the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many times? Not. I. I haven't. <laughs> I don't know. You can't even count. I don't know just, why this is a been, joke right you've now. You've just been watching this movie nonstop <laughs> for the past two days. Rough. I don't ride. know where this joke came from, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's so disappointing. Nothing ties together in the end. We don't know what this cult is doing. We don't know why the why this woman was selected, wh- how she, what the significance of the birthmark is. We don't know what the significance of the title Bleed is, basically. I mean, okay, she had to bleed at the end. But, I mean, what a generic fucking title. Yeah, horrible title. In the tradition of With no Hush. real reason. No, yeah. Hush no, is a No, Hush actually title. is a really good title for that. Uh, what that movie is about. I mean, I can't believe that this is the first movie that comes up when you Google Bleed movie. Like, how has there never been a movie called Bleed it's not. before? There is another movie that comes up. Oh, really? There's one from 2006 or something, because I was trying to find info on this movie, and another movie came up. It's I'll, bet, I'll bet it's better than this one, too. And and here's... The, I have a pet peeve. Yeah, Bleed 2002. When we're dealing with cults in these kinds of movies, I always get a little pissed off because a lot of movies do this thing where the cult basically can say arbitrary bullshit and have arbitrary motivations and it's okay because it's a cult you know like oh let's just have some people and they'll say weird shit like oh the blood grass must be tended the covenant must be sealed you know what you've nailed my problem with the whole cult like I, I attributed it to the southern accents making the dialogue sound even worse than it actually is but that's exactly it no they just say random shit like yeah. if we're doing uh, if it's a podcast Prepare called, like, the vessel uh, the audio cables must be coiled to the satisfaction of the covenant moon <laughs> it's like alright fine great and just say some arbitrary bullshit and then like there's that one part where they almost explain why they want to kill these people with the birthmark and they're mm-hmm. like 
it's not what she's done, it's what she's gonna do. And it's like, all right, so there's a prophecy, and they're doing that. And I guess some could argue it doesn't matter. You have a death cult, they're doing some shit, fine. But this is a movie that really puts a lot of money on, like, like the presuming that we give a shit about the motivations of the cult and the backstories of all these characters. It's yeah, it's another one of these movies. I mean, I don't mind arbitrary bullshit. I don't mind a cult whose motivations are unexplained, but um it's it's a movie that doesn't have anything else to say other than like setting you up to think there are some big revelations or right. some thrilling shocking twists. That's the sort of movie it's it's trying to be. It's not like it's an ideas movie sure. where there's a scary cult but the motivations of the cult and the specifics of the cult don't matter because it's making a statement about fucking, you know, whatever. Or the, the motivations aren't incidental to the plot of the movie. The mystery of the movie is what's going on with this cult and the mm-hmm. legacy of Cain and what happened to this girl and what happened in 1979. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the mystery of the movie. That's the only reason you watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. bad. Yep. Bad news. Bad bleed. Bad, bad bleed. bleed. <laughs> baby, now we got bad bleed. What are we watching next? Next week, we're watching Blood Glacier. What a fucking title. That is a great title. And you know what? I am I got a little... I got some dank-ass Chinese food. Ooh, open that right up to the mic. So I'm going to open up this uh, fortune cookie, and we're going to see if it has a little premonition for for what to expect I hope from it this next film. bleeds. I hope you break it open and blood just gushes out. Oh, like an it? Yeah. All right, hold on. Oh, gross. Ooh, mouth sounds. Not a fan. What's it say? You have an unusual magnetic personality. Just be aware of your polarity. In bed. In blood. Well, I was hoping it would have something to do with Blood Glacier. That's where well, we're going next week. I mean, week. which pole does this movie take place on? If we're talking about polarity. I don't know enough mm. about glaciers. Probably the North Pole. Okay. Well... Yeah, I mean, thankfully we're—I mean, thankfully we're watching it earlier, or early in this process, because by the time we get to the end of this podcast, the blood glacier may have melted. Global warming may have gotten the best of the blood glacier. It's not a joke. I look forward to reading some glacier facts next time. <laughs> All right, so we're going to try something new this time to get us pumped up for next time's episode. We're going to watch the trailer for Blood Glacier live. And uh, hopefully it's going to give us a little enthusiasm for this uh, adventure. I'm excited. About to go on. I'm fascinated right, the to see. The title alone doesn't do... It makes me think of... Um, Avalanche Sharks. Avalanche Sharks. Like, I just yeah. automatically thought of Sharks when I saw this title. Yeah, me too. It sounds too. like another Asylum film, but I can already see it's IFC Midnight. Which it's is IFC Midnight. Definitely uh, not necessarily a mark of quality, but we've it's going to be interesting. We've always said it's interesting. I'd better see a glacier made... At least a glimpse of a glacier made of blood, hopefully with an avalanche shark in it. All right, let's see. Right, let's see. Let's roll it. Alright, IFC Midnight. IFC Midnight presents. Alright, this looks like the Lord of the Rings trailer, the first one that came out. A remote mountain. mountain. A remote mountain. Couple guys. Ooh. Is oh shit, Warm? it is a glacier a made team of blood. Oh my god, I already saw the glacier made of blood. Okay. Right, well, I'm happy. I'm I'm already ready. He's not wearing pants. What? Dog. Oh, cute pup. A, cute a terrifying discovery. Oh god, this looks fucking badass. Yeah, right? Oh my god. Oh, this looks great. It looks like the thing. They're operating on the weird. There's gross oh. things. Oh, There's gross a things. A dog investigating a horrifying, like, death or birth. Lots of locks on doors that are being rattled. Old man. Wilford Brimley stand in. 
<laughs> your worst. Little mosquito. Ooh, oh, mosquitoes biting people. Nightmare. Oh, this is gonna be like Alien Covenant. Oh, it looks like the one same. Of the greatest films of the past evolved. decade. It was shot on the same glacier. Oh shit! I just thought a pretty fucked up creature. Oh god, this looks blood, amazing. Blood glacier. View it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to. <laughs> oh oh fuck! She's fucking up that alien with a some weird power tool. I'm gonna buy this on blue. Oh, I'm, I'm so not even down. gonna watch it on Netflix. I'm gonna buy it on blue pre. It's IFC Midnight, so I'm sure Scream Factory released it. Can't they have wait. a deal. I think part of our, I think, I think part of this new thing we're trying is we should rate the trailer or guess what we're gonna rate the movie. I absolute view it with prejudice. View it on my point. View on it on my part. Yeah, we'll see. You already said view it. So, all right, guys. Well. That's a wrap for Bleed. Time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. <laughs> See you all next time on uh, when we do Blood Glacier. But Tud Gatacher. Until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, hey, you know what? Go online. Talk to us on social media. <laughs> we get lonely when you're not listening to us. Uh, troll so, us. Yeah, troll us if you want. We, we might troll you back. But until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. Goodbye. Goodbye.